Shemai, and welcome back to the podcast. If you want to get access to all of the podcasts before anybody else, so this episode you're about to listen to was released to my patrons before you are listening to it now. They have already listened to this. Um, sometimes the, in, the, the podcasts get released to them a day or so early, sometimes weeks in advance, it depends. My H-Hour patrons also get a chance to have uh, uh, private Q&A sessions with uh, some of the guests and also a monthly Zoom, uh, monthly Zoom get-together with myself and all the other patrons. Access to an exclusive Discord community and also invites to events, uh, different kinds of events around the country and free stuff. They get free, they get free shit. They get free shit every month. So yeah, H-Hour patrons you can join them patreon.com forward slash hk podcasts sponsoring the podcast today are combat cigars combat cigars are the first british military veteran-owned cigar company in existence combat cigars is founded by three ex-military folk i am one of them i'm really glad to be part of combat cigars it's very exciting it's very cool it it is that's basically the main reason. It's cool. It's alley. There are three main cigar blends. There is a four, fourth blend on the way. Colombian cigar blends that we get from our partner farm in Colombia. A, a family that has been doing, uh, do, doing cigars, rolling cigars for 200 years. Yes. And we have got a, a, a relationship with them where they roll cigars exclusively for combat cigars. So the three blends you've got in stock now, you can't get them anywhere else. You can't get them anywhere else. You can only get through Combat Cigars. They are called The Last Post, um, The Victory, and The Oath of Allegiance. They are robusto-sized cigars, and they are good for, basically, if you're a cigar connoisseur, or if you're new to cigar smoking, you will enjoy these cigars. We've got a fourth blend on the way. It's top secret at the moment. It's also a different size. However, get your cigars from us. When you're thinking about Oh, I should get a cigar for that event. That'd be good to get a cigar for that event. Or what if my platoon got all cigars? What if my unit got cigars? Or as a leaving do or a promotion or whatever? Think Combat Cigars. CombatCigars.co.uk Also sponsoring the podcast today with the Development Society. If you want to surround yourself with like-minded people who enjoy fizz, care about others, and want to improve themselves on a daily basis, you need to surround yourself. Immerse yourself in the Development Society community. They are a community with a healthy amount of stoicism. They are a community of like-minded dudes who want the best for each other. DevSoc for short, D-E-V-S-O-C. DevSoc can offer you insanely cool products to weekly Zoom, Zoga, I was going to say Zoga, weekly Zoom yoga sessions. There's tons to get involved with the DevSoc. There's tons to benefit from. The best way to keep up to date with them is to sign up to their Daily Waves newsletter, the infamous Daily Waves newsletter, I should say, on their website. Their website is devsoc.shop, D-E-V-S-O-C.shop. Get on there, sign up to the Daily Waves newsletter. Signing up means just chuck your flipping email address in, right? And then you'll benefit from that. And also take a look at their shop. Those cool products they talk about, they've got exclusive products that are time-limited in availability. It's pretty cool the way they do things. Like, you can't always get everything all of the time. You need to keep an eye out from when certain things are available. And they do that because stuff's in such demand that they have to control the way they're chucking it out. From John Deere style caps to Ali 
Ali uh, mugs. I think they're going to mug me out of bamboo. It's pretty trendy. I've got one coming for the podcast. Anyway, take a look. Have a look for yourself. Devsock.shop. Make sure you sign up to their Daily Waves newsletter. Also sponsoring the podcast today with the Aardvark Group. The Aardvark Group provide advanced systems for protection and management of territories, borders, assets, and people for a global customer base. The Aardvark solution incorporates risk management, satellite, and UAV imagery for situational awareness, safe systems for the identification and destruction of landmines and the remnants of war, and standoff explosive explosive. Do you know what? I do that all the time. And standoff explosive detection technologies. They operate in the humanitarian, critical defence, security and commercial sectors in the Middle East, Africa, Asia, Europe and the Americas and the Aardvark system is widely regarded as the most effective landmine clearance system in the world. Following the relatively recent acquisition of Aardvark in August 2017, the new management has sought to develop and expand the company's offerings with systems and solutions that complement the company's highly regarded status. One such enhancement is the addition of advanced drone surveillance technologies, UAV surveillance technologies, providing the company with market-leading situational awareness for mine clearing, counterterrorism, border security and asset protection operations. They also have a shop on the website. So the website is aardvark.group. They also have a shop where if you work in hostile environments, if you work in post-conflict zones, they've got kit and equipment in the shop that you will find beneficial to you, uh, such as trauma packs, for example. So uh, go to the shop, aardvark.group, hit the shop, and when you go to checkout for whatever you're going to get from them, um, use the discount code HHOUR and you will get money off. They provided a discount code exclusively for HR listeners, HHOUR. Chuck that in and you will get a discount. Thank you, Aardvark. That website is aardvark.group. On social media, just look for the Aardvark group. Finally, sponsoring the podcast today are Rugby for Heroes. Rugby for Heroes are a not-for-profit organisation formed in 2009 in the wake of the death of Private Joe Whittaker, who was sadly killed serving on operations in Afghanistan with the Parachute Regiment in 2008. Rugby for Heroes organised fundraising events to raise money for military charities. They've raised over £114,000 since they started, and they have grown their scope of events to go to include not just the Rugby for Heroes Festival, the rugby festival that they were founded on, but also beer and gin festivals and supper clubs. And since the lockdown and all the pandemic is now starting to get normal, back to normal, people can do normal things. Rugby for Heroes have already got themselves underway, underway with organising events. They have got, uh, oh, they've recently held the Rugby for Heroes Restart Festival, which raised, I think it was about £4,500 for charity. Brilliant event. So you need to keep an eye on their website and on their social media for future events. Make sure you get along. I will be going to it, guaranteed. I've been to, since I found out about Rugby Heroes, I've been to every single event they've held. And I intend to keep up that pattern of behaviour. Their website is rugbyforheroes.org and on social media, they are at rugby number four heroes, at rugby number four heroes. Thank you to Mike and everybody at R4H. That's it. On to the podcast. My guest today is Ed Hargreaves. Ed Hargreaves served 23 years uh, in the British Army between the Parachute Regiment and the Royal Army Physical Training Corps. Uh, he has recently left, left in February, and he's now running and uh, operating his own business called Warrior Strong Fitness. Are we chatting about Warrior Strong? Diet, nutrition, health and well-being. I really enjoyed this conversation. 
I learned a lot. I like to learn a lot about, uh, I like to learn every opportunity to learn about health and nutrition and diet and mental well-being, physical well-being is an opportunity to be capitalized on. This is the H-Hour podcast. My guest today is Ed Hargreaves. Enjoy. Ed Hargreaves, welcome to the uh, H-Hour studio. My ambushed, you ambushed me earlier. You ambushed me. I think it was your way around. It wasn't. Well, I said to you, you need to get in the studio. And then... And then the next thing I had was, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I'd <laughs> 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 get my admin square anyway. Very good to see you. I think last time, well, apart from when we, I, I drove past you randomly three years ago down the road, uh, was, um, God, it would have been when, when you were still in 3Power that I saw you. When, when did you leave 3Power? Yeah, that was a, a few years ago, wasn't it? 2005, Jesus. I left 3Power. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, ages ago, ages ago. There is one, there is one uh, distinct memory in my mind of you, and uh, when you first came to, this when you first came to A Company Three Para, and I, uh, this story won't resonate with many people because not many people are A Company Three Para, and most people are Para anyway. Listen to this, all different people from all different backgrounds, but. It was when you took us on a run somewhere because you're a PTI. Obviously, you took us took the company on a run somewhere, and uh, and uh, Coatsy shat himself. Remember, remember this? He took us on a run. Everyone did a run, and he shit it, he shat himself on the way around the run. And you pulled him out using an example of, um, look how hard this man has tried. He's tried so hard, he shat himself. <laughs> I was worried where this story is going to go, but I do remember that. Right, funny. He he popped up a picture of him popped up yesterday on uh, my Instagram, and that 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 uh, memory immediately popped into my head. And I think the fact that he uh, he 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 soiled himself was nothing to do with how hard he tried in the run. It was more to do with a dodgy meal the day before. I think. Anyway, anyway, that's that's that's, an, that's the first memory. Brilliant, mate. Good good to have you in. February you left. February you left the military. How many months ago was that? Flipping heck. Eight, month, eight months ago. Power Edge Master. Yeah. No, six months. Seven months ago. Nine months. Eight months ago. <laughs> Let's call it eight. It's October, isn't it? Yeah. Eight months ago, um, you are well into the shock. The shock phase of, oh my God, I'm out. And to top it off, you've, you've got your own... You haven't relied on yourself, your own business. Mate, have you decided you want to get back in yet? Um, No. I'm... Uh, like you say, it's a... I, I describe it. I've described it before. It's a bit like jumping out of a plane. <coughs> so it's scary when you're at that door for the first time, but then when you're out, there's nothing you can do about it, and all you've got to worry about then is the landing. And um, and I've landed, and uh, and I've got no broken bones as yet. So <laughs> I, it's all going well. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not making millions. Not yet. Um, but that was never the plan. Um, this this was probably a five-year plan in the making in my mind. Um, so I was happy what I was going to do. But um, obviously things change as well. So you've got to be... Uh, I've been quite pragmatic with the approach and changed a few things along the way. And things are still going to change. Well, what have, you had, what have you learned since you left? What's 
about business, about well, about anything, about business, about Civvy Street. Because I remember when I left, the first few months, in fact, the first few days, I was like, oh my god, why did why did no one tell me about this before I left, or that, or this, or this is so different to all I thought. It's it's like a whirlwind of new experiences, isn't it? Absolutely. I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a massive learning curve, isn't it? I, I'm quietly confident with the actual delivery. That's what I've done. I'm a fitness instructor. I've got lots of experience. I'm happy with that. The business side, that's the scary bit. That's the bit, that, like you say, no one tells you. So it's a case of learning as you go along. Um, and I'm sure there's, I could have done things slightly better, but... but and there'll probably be times I look back and go, yeah, I should have done X, Y, and Z. But I think it's a journey, and um, I'm trying to enjoy the journey and, and, and learn as I go along. And um, and so far, so good. I've met some good people. Um, I've got some great clients. Um, and the funny thing is, it, you, you take like the military is great, isn't it? Because you get looked after. You've got your meals. You've got your accommodation. You don't have to worry about where the next paycheck's coming from. And you, you haven't got that. As soon as you leave. Your security blanket's gone, and um, you've got to you've got to work hard for it. I believe there's there's opportunity there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there, but you, you can't just sit and wait for it to happen. You've got to go out and look for it, and and um, yeah, and, and grab things when when they happen. It's like you invited me today. Yeah, that's like let's do it. Uh, I, I thank you for inviting me along. I've never done a podcast before, but I didn't know what to expect. But hey, here I am, and it's just it's it's one of those. You just, let's go for it. What what's the worst that can happen? Um, again, it's like anything. You, I've, I've got confidence in my ability, but it's how do I get my message across? And I'm not a massive company where I can throw loads of money at advertising. So for me at the moment, it's word of mouth. I'm I'm, I, I'm building gradually um, through people coming along. Um, I give them a good experience, train them in the best way I I, I know possible. Um, and then they then tell their friends and family, and, and at the moment that's how it's kind of working, um, and it's working well. And off the back of that, I started off thinking right, yeah, fitness, um, outdoor fitness, um, not absolutely not a boot camp. Um, it's one thing. Oh yeah, you're a boot camp. No, I'm not. I'm not a boot camp. Um, I don't want to be a boot camp. Um, I'm an outdoor fitness provider. But I take people out into the countryside, away from parks, away from the hustle and bustle. Um, there's some beautiful countryside around, around this area, around Warwickshire. So it's about getting people out there so it's good for their mental health and their mental well-being at the same time. So we go on a journey. People come on a journey. And on that journey, <coughs> we train. And we train in different ways. Um, and we, we change it up so it isn't the same old journey, isn't the same old exercises. We mix it up each time people... When you're up. saying journey, right, you're not on about life journey, you're on about that is one of your sessions and you literally go from point A to point B or maybe point A to point D with B, C in the middle. That's what you're talking about when you're saying journey, right? Yeah, sorry. Right. Exactly what I mean. So you turn up and, again, you, it's not about abilities. I, I take different abilities. Depending on your ability, depends on how much weight you're going to carry. So if you're Mr. Super, super Fit or Mrs. Super Fit, you're going to probably carry a bit more weight. And if you're not so fit or you haven't trained for a while, you're going to carry um, a, a lot less weight. But all the Bergen's rucksacks, they all look the same. So it takes away that sort of that feeling of, oh, I'm only carrying a little pack. Your, your pack looks the same. And then we go out and the journey will, within a, the average session of an hour, 
um, we'll probably cover three to four kilometers depending but then on the way around we'll stop off and do different types of exercises um, we'll do some M on sessions we'll do some boxer size we'll do some Tabata um, you name it we do it resistance training TRX um, using what's around us so we use the rucksacks we use the TRXs we use each other um, you don't need you don't always need lots of expensive gym equipment and um, it's just nice to refreshing to be outdoors using the environment so again we train whatever the weather uh, obviously if there's a lightning strike I'll probably um, postpone that session but the, the weather's part of it, it it's um, but at the same time I'm we don't get people crawling around in mud I'm not trying to get people to be soldiers this is purely about getting people fit um, physically and mentally um did you start did you start the business while you were still serving did you do that yeah so i used my um what do they call it now your resettlement so alcas those yeah oh, your resettlement yes yeah, yeah so th th everyone listening these ex services or in the services you know you get your resettlement and um your grants and all these courses get thrown at you you can go and do a plumber's course builder's course um for me i I looked at, well, actually, I don't want those courses. What I need is time. I need time to set up my business. So I was fortunate enough to have a, a very good um, commanding officer. And um, and I just asked the question. I said, look, I, I don't want to do the courses. Uh, the other thing that, the other problem was that when I was supposed to be doing my, my resettlement was when we had the pandemic. So most of these courses weren't being weren't on anyway um, or they're online. So I used the opportunity to start my business um, using my resettlement time, um, and which has actually worked out very well, which gave me a little bit of a an opportunity um, to get it going off off the ground. I do think I do think that the best time to start a business is when you've got a supplemental income, um, and when you've got time to be able to do it. But so, like you did there, you know, you know and there's other people I know who set up businesses while they were serving, and then they've. And then it, with the important part is they've made then a, a break clean and imp, uh, uh, there's been a point where they've gone, right, I need to, this needs now my all of my attention to make it fly as opposed to just trying to go on and, and sort of eat, eat, have your cake and eat it, getting your military income or whatever supplementary income you got and the, 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 um, the, the, your, your new business. A prime example is, you know, Sinita's Guild. Sinita's Guild was started when, when he was still serving. Contact Coffee, there was people behind that still serving that started. Development Society, people people uh, still serving when they started that. Um, and, a, and a whole host of others. But in my experience, and where I've been part of businesses in the past and they failed, fucking loads of businesses and they failed, some that I, you know, I started myself and others that other people started, is because didn't commit 100% to it. There needs to be a time where you, you, you have to put all your... And it, it's risk involved. There's risk. Because <clears throat> to put all your time, 100% of your time into something like that to make it happen. And this doesn't just apply to businesses, right? It applies to personal development, getting fit, losing the weight. You know, you gotta you got to fully commit to it and sacrifice other stuff in order to achieve that goal. If you think it's important enough to sacrifice other stuff to do it. And I've, I never did that. Um... And uh, and so those those things failed. They didn't go anywhere. Or you could argue they a success in some way, shape, or form. Like they didn't go bankrupt or none of that. But they had to stop because it was just pointless. The the, the, the sort of the effort that was going into it was we just didn't make it. It wasn't worth 
It was just sustaining it. It wasn't any growth there. It wasn't sort of turning over any decent money or any money whatsoever. So yeah, you've got you've got to put the time in. Um, but a little bit different with the military, like you say, sometimes you get an opportunity to maybe put nearly 100% of the time in. And, and you do get to have your cake and eat it for a short period, you know. Yeah. So you know, are you doing Warrior Strong now flat out 100% all the time? Yeah, This so now 100% of my time is, is going into this. Um, and like you say, yeah, I was given the, I had the opportunity and I think sometimes when you get the opportunity, you've got to take it. Uh, it's still early days, still early days. And um, I hope that it, it's going in the right direction. Um, like I say, I'm, it isn't a case of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm earning thousands and thousands. Um, but that wasn't the main reason I wanted to start this. It sounds slightly strange. I, obviously, I need to make, any business needs to make money. Um, but for me, it was more of a, the reason I wanted to do it, um, rather than stay in the military, like I was offered the opportunity to put my papers in and, and, and try and, try for, com- for a commission but um, I'd served 23 years and I just got to the point where I thought you know what I want to try something else in my life um, and if I if I wait around another 10 years I'd probably be I wouldn't probably have the energy levels that I've still got and so and in the military it, it's, it's almost it's almost like the safe option and I thought I want to try and do something on my own and make my own decisions. And if I made the, if the wrong decisions, I can only blame myself. Um, but I can make those decisions. And that that's kind of drove me to, to leave and start my business. At the same time, I feel like I've got things to offer. I've learned so much uh, through the military. Um, like I said, I'm not an academic. I'm, I, I've got no, I didn't go to university. I, I don't think I even ended up with any GCSEs, but I've learned through experience. And all that experience through serving in, in uh, Three Power and since then s- serving the Royal Army Physical Training Corps and as an adventure training instructor and climbing some of the biggest mountains, paddling some of the biggest rivers, all that experience I've gone, you know what, I've got stuff to offer, things I can show and help and advise and educate and provide out into the civilian world. And um, there's loads of transferability of skills from the military life to the civilian life, and it's just being able to move the show how they can be transferred across. And I get the satisfaction from seeing, uh, from taking people out, whether it's through fitness or for their helping them mentally, or even um, I've been running some team building activities for business and um, and helping people with their business with team building and leadership training and, and other things such as that so um yeah so it's the, the satisfaction of doing something for yourself but also helping others um and the the, the money side of it is is almost like a secondary to me i do need it obviously <laughs> i need to pay the mortgage um but it isn't the main reason i've gone into business um the main reason was to to prove to myself that i could create something from nothing um, and to bring out the experiences and, 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 and move those over. What do clientele like? What, what, what kind of reasons do they come to you? Good question. The, I've got a mixed, mixed bag, absolute mixed bag. I've got, like some of my clients are, are serving parachute regiment soldiers. So they come back off leave 
and they come and do training sessions with me. Um, either to maintain their fitness while they're on leave, um, or because they want to maybe go further in their careers and do different things and they know they need to just increase their fitness. And I suppose they're gaining from me, not just the fitness side, it's the mental part of it as well. So they, I don't just offer a fitness session, I offer them, we talk, conversation like we're having now, we're, and you learn and you develop and you, you get an understanding and they ask questions and I, and so I've got guys like that. I've got, at the other end of the spectrum, I've got ladies into their 60s that come training with me. Um, and sometimes they'll train together. <coughs> and some people are like, well, how can you have like an 18, 90 year old power trooper train with a 65 year old lady? Like different ends of the spectrum when it comes to fitness abilities. But because they carry different weight, they, c they can still do the same session. They might do less or more reps accordingly. But the good thing is the it kind of brings people together. It builds community. It build, it, and it works really, really well because the, the people that are fitter, they almost get the kudos from the others because, oh, wow, look, you're carrying four. How much weight are you carrying? You've got round. And so they're getting that bit of kudos. And everyone likes a bit of kudos, don't they? But, the, but then the, the people who aren't as fit, they... How often do you get the opportunity to train with fit people? Normally, you get put in a s ability group. So, like, you're fit. Like, the fit people go off and train that way. The people that aren't so fit will go off and train over there. So, you never get to train with fit people. So, the idea of my warrior sessions is we all train together. We go out together. We come back together. We, n we never leave anyone behind. We tab out together. We wait for people. We go over style. We wait until the last person's in before we move off. We always work together. And... So then that also encourages those people that maybe not as motivated to go to train alongside some really some of the fittest people that we have. It's good for them and, th and they love it. And I'm, I'm creating now, I'm starting to create sort of, sounds a bit of a cliche, but almost like a tribe. I call it the warrior tribe. Um, and it, it's bringing people together from the local area and and, and people are really buying into it and, and there's friendship groups forming and, and that type of thing and hopefully we're going to have some socials and we're going to have some more events as well. We did an event um, a couple of months ago and um, it was called the Warrior Strong Fitness Dance Party which I put a little video out there the other day and um, just to showcase what I do um, it, but it and to be honest it was completely at the wrong time of my life to organise an event in the, within the same week as my wife was giving birth to our second child. <laughs> so I put myself under a little bit of stress and pressure, but it worked and everyone thoroughly enjoyed it and, and said it was really good when you're doing the next one. And um, so it spurred me on now. I'm like, right, we need to get another event going. And um, some of them are going to be big, some are going to be small. So we're going to do a, a night tab. So the idea is we're going we're gonna to probably meet at a, a pub just do me a favour and pull that mic down slightly. You are fucking booming through. But you pull it. There you go. Now talk. Is that better? Yeah, we're back up then. We're going to um, we're gonna start a, a pub. Um, we're going to head off at night. And we're going to go for... I haven't decided yet what it's going to be. But it's going to be it's going to be a challenging session. We're going to go for a tab. And it might be something like the, the old... What we used to do, Hugh. The old Friday 10-miler. 10-miler <laughs> at night. Across somewhere with head torches on with a safety vehicle in tow and then we'll finish at the pub 
and have a bit of a social where we'll have a curry and a beer and have a chat about the experience and and, and go from there. And that's the sort of thing that that I I want to to, to carry on and, and and do more of. And so we're I'll put that out there soon, and then um, we'll go from there and see what other events we're gonna we're gonna lay on. But there's gonna be more and more in the pipeline, certainly. Yeah. One sec. As you as you relax into it, you've, you've, your voice has got louder. So you're booming. That's fine. It's not a drama. It's the, um, I was nervous at the beginning. I know. He's no, fucking miles away. Pull it in, pull it in slightly to you. <laughs> there you go. Way yeah. better now. Yeah, it's out. Is that right? Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Mate, it's a really interesting... That is a really interesting dynamic there that you pull it together in that... Okay, having a bunch, having people of different abilities together... Right, training is is in itself not unusual. I mean, look at uh, look at you know I go to Nuffield and sometimes do classes in there, right? And you've got people of different abilities doing I don't know a fucking body pump. Not that I've done body pump once, only because my missus made me go. Right, but body pump for example, you can you know people can go in there, they can work as hard as they want to work or don't want to work, especially when you got like a class of twenty people or thirty people. Listen, watching some lady or some bloke lead the class, they can put as much or a little weight on the bars as they want, all that, right? That in itself is not unusual. But when you when you when you mix those people with different abilities in there into an environment where they seemingly doing the same things as, as other very fit people, people who are fitter than them, right? Or not as fit as them. As in, you give the example that everyone looks like the kind of same weight, the Bergen's the same size, right? Uh, and you. D- do it over a time period like that, 45 minutes, an hour, are we talking? An hour, yeah? Yeah, hour session. When you're tabbing, or oh, the boot next would say flipping, yomping, right? When you're tabbing, there is an opportunity there for like little things like conversation in the gaps where you're not doing your exercises at the stops. There's an opportunity there to grow that sort of camaraderie, right? And what I like about that is when you've got people who are, very physically fit. There's like a there's like a vibe, an energy to give off. You know, you know this. You could put twenty people in a room, right? And you could have a, a, you could have ten of those people could be flipping, like, do are active. They do fitness all of the time. And the other ten people do nothing. You could probably pretty accurately just by looking at them, not even speaking to any of them, pick them out. You could probably get a, a, as near as damn it as split split in the room. Go, yeah, you're. You a person does fitness. You go, that's what I think. You go that side. You probably be right most of the time, right? So when you get those fit people, be able to interact with people who want to be fit, or maybe have a thing in their mind where they don't think they're very fit. They got that sort of like little bit of lack of self confidence, like we all do. Even like we get when you haven't done fitness for a few months or whatever, and you think I need to get back in the fucking gym. When you go back, for me anyway, when I go back to the gym or go up for a run, it's always about mind. Oh my god, I'm like, I, it's just not there that. That sort of, I was going to say elitist thinking, but it's not, it's not elitist think, elite thinking. It's just, you know, that, that confidence in yourself isn't there. So that energy and that vibe and that of those fitter people, that rubs off on people who could do with that in those events. So you've got an opportunity to engage with each other. Hugh, like you've just hit the nail on the head. That, that, that's exactly what I'm trying to create, that vibe. And that vibe is there. It's there already. Um, like... I, th- I can't remember exactly what I've put on my website, but it says something along the lines of to challenge people, to show people that, and challenge people that they're capable of more. And the confidence bit is key. The, the amount of people that come along and don't think that they can do it. 
or have concerns or worries and but then once they can do it once they once you've shown that they can do it then that confidence comes through and like you know fitness isn't all about the physical element it's the it's the mental element as well so if you've got the confidence to go with the physical you just you it just makes people physically and mentally stronger and and it's just like you say it's a good vibe it, it brings people along brings people together creates that community essentially like if you look I, I thought about this the other day because um, someone asked me they said because I I mean probably you do the same we we spin bits of past life times in parachute regiment and so and I've got great memories of the reg and so someone said, well, Ed, you, you, you love the parachute regiment. Why did you leave? If it was that good, why did you go? And I was like, good question, isn't it? It's like, why did I leave? And um, because it was good. Um, but at the same time, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was hard. It, time in battalion is hard. And you haven't got a life. You are doctrined into that environment. And um, But what I, what I did... What I've done, I've, I've wanted to take the good bits out of it. Like, you know, it wasn't all good. A lot of bad bits. But the good bits is the culture, the ethos, the camaraderie, and the belonging. I think belonging's key. And in, in the civilian world, I think there's people that don't have that or never had that. So I kind of, I, I want to, for people that want it, to show them what it's like to, ha to be part of something, to, to be, uh, to have that trust have that fit so like the other night I, there was 10 of us and we were out tabbing around Walton Hall Hotel pitch black no one's going to run around Walton Hall Hotel in the pitch black but together you can because of safety in numbers and everyone thought everyone finished that was mega That was how good was that never done that in my life like you know we've done loads of tabs at night That's most of the tabbing we did was at night insurgents coming out um off, off, off the battlefield. But in the civilian life, who goes tabbing across a field on a bright path at night? No one does. So, not many people do. So, again, it's just giving people an experience of something that they haven't done. But when we're all having that same experience, and it's creating that culture, that ethos, that belonging, that trust, that that vibe that you you mentioned. Well, it comes from hardship. That's that's what that it, it's hard. It's like it, there is one thing other comics, you know, other common experience together that that does do something on a really like basic level. But it's the ones where it's hardship. You experience hardship together. That's what forms the biggest bonds. That's why you get you know groups of people who are involved in a flipping some accident or 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 saw something horrific or or were exposed to something like that, or they took part in a fitness event that was really hard. I mean, look at look around you. The um, Wolf Run, Wolf Run, for example. Those, it's like you know, they they see another Wolf Run top. They immediately have an affinity to that. They 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 sort of connect with that person because they go, oh yeah, they did that too, and it was gopping. It's like we do when I mean, we see another a power a bloke with a power edge top on. Or anybody with anything military, you have a, you see a connection to them and go, oh yeah, they did some hard stuff too, you know. Um, and the closer that, the closer that con that thing is that you see that connects you to to other, oh, the more tightly knit that is, the smaller the group that, the exclusivity of it makes that connection stronger. <clears throat> but it's the hardship thing. It's just doing something fucking tough. 
you know. I mean, uh, you give the example of a 18, 19-year-old reg bloke and a 60-odd-year-old old biddy, you know, who's probably carrying about five pounds in a Bergen. <laughs> you know, um, but essentially she is viewing it as having achieved the same thing as the the young lad or lady who's on the on the course on on the on the session with her. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's hardship. It's interesting. It must so I think be some cracking. Pers- there's, um, there's that hardship element, um, but there's also that balance because I this is something which I've had to kind of in my own mind, and it's something which the one of the, one of the issues I have come across is partly because of the name of my business. It's called Warrior Strong. So a lot of people straight away, oh, Warrior Strong, ex-parachute regiment guy, this is going to be, he's going to just beast us. And um, and this, and that's the bit I've had to battle at, I think. It's, the, it's trying to make people understand that, no, I'm not here to beast people. Absolutely not. So again, it's about challenging people, but it needs to be achievable. So that's how, that's how it is. So it's, Yes, I challenge people, but I make it achievable. So everything all my sessions are achievable, and and I'm not there thrashing people for the sake. And I, I, I don't use the word thrashing. I don't, and I don't scream and shout. Um, I don't need to. Um, it's the motivation is is kind of created through the the group mentality. So I'm just providing the service and 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 the um, the roots and the the know how I suppose of the exercises, but. Um, yeah, it's it's challenge, but we're but within your within your ability. Let's go off topic slightly, sort of, but not just popping in my mind. How did the so you were in the PT core for a long time, right? How did the attitude to fitness training, physical fitness training, there change over the time you were there? And 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 also, was there a perceived disconnect between the way? The PT core felt things should be getting done, and how units were actually doing it. Yes. You gave the example there of, yeah, you set targets to be achievable. A lot of the stuff we did in training and in and in battalion, a lot of the stuff was deliberately unachievable, like fail, 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 fail. That's why I ask. Yeah, some good questions. Um, so. <clears throat> There's a big difference, I think, with if you look at like powers, marines, special forces guys. There is a little bit. It's got to be different. I think we had to be almost broken down, didn't we, to then build us back up. And that was kind of the mentality. I, I, I think certainly twenty odd years ago. Um, but then within the military, the, the things changed. Within certainly, things are always changing, aren't they? And there's always that that thing where oh it wasn't as hard as it was in my day type of attitude but in <coughs> my experience is this um things had to change because when we started i don't know about you but i remember we started in i think it was called prac it was about 100 of us and we got thrashed we got beasted that original 100 i think there was only five of us that passed out so look at the wastage like night 95 people never actually made it but a lot of those people were good would have been good power would have been good soldiers um and then you look at the more recently you look at like i was i was sitting on some some of the meetings and seeing the stats and they were horrendous like 
at some at one point there was like 27% of the British army were medically undeployable and you look at the numbers of the, of the armed forces that, that that that's significantly that's massive and then on top of that is the cost so every time not not the whole not all those people are um medically undeployable because of injury there's illness and and, and lots of other things that um within that but a, a big majority of that was musculoskeletal injuries and um i believe the um i don't know if it's general carter or his predecessor he basically turned someone turned around to the pt corps command officer and said look you, we need to do something about this because we're breaking too many people and uh, so basically what what they did they the pt corps did something really good they went rather than just going right okay yeah we'll we'll fix it they went, they took it outside, they took it to Chichester University and said, look, we need you to look at this. So Chichester University came along and they did a study. They looked at what we did in the military, looked at all the different jobs we did. And uh, they were like, well, yeah, the, the problem is you're doing lots of uh, lifting, you're doing lots of um, strength type exercise or movement patterns within your day-to-day -day job across the board um, but you're you're predominantly training people to be fast runners so if you, th if you think our oh, fitness test was a mile and a half run so you were classed as being fit if you're skinny little whippet so if you're skinny whippet you're a fit fit bloke and if you're big heavy bloke you were classed as probably not so fit because you you were running in what 10 30 11 minutes uh, so they, they 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 turned it on its head. They went right. We need to change our testing system. So they cut a long story short. They they got rid of. They reduced the amount of uh, tabbing, the amount of running, because they also identified well that running and tabbing. A lot of it was junk mileage. They call it junk mileage, where you just constantly you just constantly pounding the ground, and you, and your joints eventually are going to break. And there was no every unit had their own. F depending on the PTI, if you had a PTI that was into football, that unit was great at football. You had a PTI that was into volleyball, they were great at volleyball. You had a PTI that was into running, they were great runners. Someone else that was into strength training, they were all really good at strength training, but there was nothing, there was no uniformity of the way we trained our soldiers. So they brought in this new army physical training system and it reduced the tabbing and running by over half, I believe. But then what they did, they, they implemented loads more strength training, lots more strength training, uh, and also looked at the way that we um, did our training syllabus. So rather than going, right, day one, there you go, massive heavy pack, crack on until you break. Um, they went, right, what we'll do, we're going to strip it right back. You're going to start, we're going to progress it, periodization style training, what top athletes do. You, don't get me wrong, it's not perfect, but it's 100% better than where we were. So training, we're now, we now train our soldiers a lot more scientifically in a in a lot better way of doing business so we built it's the mnemonic I'll, we use is we train the chassis and then train the engine so we build the strength once we've built the strength we can then add the engine into it we can make people faster and then we can look at other bits and pieces flexibility uh, agility balance proprioception but the key thing is that people are strong now they trialed it because they thought right if we're going to do this we need we've got to get the buy-in so the best place to get the buy-in is let's do it with power edge guys and the infantry guys up in catrick 
So they trialled it in Katowice. In depot? In depot, yeah. Okay. Depot soldier. And they literally reduced the running, the tabbing by half or maybe a bit more. They added in loads of strength training exercises. And what was really interesting, because I, I myself, I remember l- being told this and I was like, nah, this, this isn't going to work. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Ta- to be good ta- tabbing, you've got to tab. But, um, but no, actually, th- what was really interesting was the depot power, the platoon that they trialled it on, they had something along the lines of, don't quote me on this, but it's something along the lines of 80% reduction in injury. But what was really interesting is they increased fitness, uh, so the, the, their fitness um, pass rate increased as well. So not only were they getting less injuries, more people were passing the fitness test. So they were getting stronger at tabbing by tabbing less, but carrying heavier packs. They're getting stronger, so they're starting off in the gym lifting heavy and then build it up. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's changed like through my time of being in the, in, in the army. And um, for the better. And so what I've done, luckily enough, I, I've saw the change and saw how good it was. And so I've taken that sort of ethos that, and that methodology, if you like, into what I do now. So when people turn up, I go, well, there you go. There's a heavy bird and crack on, follow me. No, no. We build people up. We, we, it's got to be progressive and we've got to work on strength. We've got to work on good form. And then we can add, hence why I don't take people on on a normal session. I don't. We, we don't go for an eight-mile jump or eight-mile tab and eight-mile run. We, we, we shorten it, but we do lots of strengthening exercises within the session. And over a period of time, you get stronger without having to do lots and lots of mileage because mileage isn't particularly great for your joints, as we probably both know as we're getting older. They wear out. So, um, yeah, that's... Uh, Hopefully that's answered your questions. So how do you make your how do you make your muscles, musculoskeletal system more resilient then in terms in that way? So because obviously tabbing what a weight carrying right is a requirement. You, know, you just think of any operation we've been on in the in the past flipping gazillion years. A lot of weight, a lot of weight bearing, especially in the counterinsurgency counterinsurgency stuff. Um, so how do you prepare the body to get less injuries but still be able to be okay with that mileage and on the mind as well so yeah it, let, let me answer the second question first so the, <laughs> the psychological this is this is one area where i always thought the one thing that we're missing by not so the eight miler the eight miler for me was or the 10 miler which we did in battalion was it was never physically challenging for me i knew i could it was the it was the psychological aspect of it. It was fucking painful. Yeah. And it was just monotonous, wasn't it? It's just for two hours, you've got to put a, put a shift in. Yeah, but, it's, but, the, but the interesting... Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, you know what you mean when you say it's not challenging? It's not challenging in, in a cardiovascular way. No. It's not challenging even in a... Uh, what's the other one? The other way. <laughs> Your muscles get fatigued. But it's it's painful. It's pain... It, 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 yeah, it's painful. Yeah. Because your shoulders get fucking sore, your back gets sore. Yeah. Because it's one of those things with weight. It's like you can, you can, you basically you can do as much tabbing as you want. You can get as fast as you want to do in tabbing as long as, as your body is physically capable of. You know, um, tabbing was one of my strong points, but it didn't 
it's almost like I wasn't in any less pain as as I as I as I got quicker, or I was able to carry more weight. You know, I was in no less pain. I was just used to bearing the pain. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, a weird I, one. Yeah. I, well, we're talking we're talking the hurt locker, aren't we? You go in the hurt locker, <laughs> and you know every time you go in that locker, it's the same old locker. Yeah. You just you just get used to being in that hurt locker, don't you? And you go through that pain barrier. Um, it's coping mech. I remember I used to sorry to interrupt. I remember I used to say it to myself when it was on when we were on exercises or anything big like that, and a couple of times on uh, on tour, carrying ridiculous weight. I remember going across. It was Salisbury Plain. I had in the region of 110, 120 pound my Bergen. Um, we jumped in, and then it was like it was like a, it was eight mile. It was an eight mile insertion tab into a defensive exercise. Oh my god. I couldn't, you know, it's one of those, you know, where you you sit down for a break, you know, the whole, the, the flipping battalion snake would ever stop. So you sit down for a break for a couple of minutes and you can't get up and it takes two people to lift you up because you've got that much weight on. You're that fucked. But I remember going along and a, and, and a few, and this is how I would get myself through that sort of pain barrier of rationalizing myself whether to keep going or not. I In my head, I'd do an assessment of her body and be right. My legs are fine. My legs, I'm walking. There's no, I've got no, no, I've got no fatigue in my legs. My legs are fine, right? I can hold my body upright. It's my back is killing me. Lower back's killing me. Shoulders are killing me. I used to say it to myself, legs are fine, you're okay. Legs are fine, you're okay. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Because the pain in the back, it's not going to go away. You just, got to, you just got to roll with it. But this, this, is, this is why it's now. So when we did that, we, we tapped, we tapped, we tapped, we tapped, we tapped. How often did you and I ever go into the gym and get shown how to deadlift? <laughs> we didn't do it, did we? So we actually didn't do any strength training upper body in our back, our core. We didn't do it, and that's why you, you and I and everyone else we used to have so much back pain because we didn't have the muscles support the skeleton. So if the muscles aren't strong, it can't support the skeleton. So however aerobically fit you are, and however strong you are in your mind, the, if the, once the muscles fatigued, that's where you're going to get the injury. So. Just by doing tabbing, tabbing, running, running, running isn't doesn't do work strength. You've got to work strength. So, you, so what I'm saying is now, in w- what is different now is we now build strength into the into the training. So we get into the we we lift weight correctly. We show people how to lift weight correctly. So we we do our deadlifts, we do our presses, we we build strength. And once you build the strength, then you can the mileage you can add the mileage accordingly. You still got to work on your uh, endurance but before before it was always uh, endurance 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 and you might do a little strength session now it's strength 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 and then we'll build the endurance in the engine into it um but yeah this uh, and that and that's the key that that's the key it's, it's building that strength and once you build that strength then and also it's about but not only uh, so you talked about resilience uh, physical resilience so if you go if you're walking on a lot of people training in a gym or, or on a treadmill or on flat surfaces and all your little proprioceptors around your joints, they're not getting used. So it's really vital to... Proprioceptors. Proprioceptors. So they're like, proprioceptors are like little muscles around the joint that hold the joint that, that are constantly firing off to stabilize that joint. And the best way to train those proprioceptors, you can do your, your, your balance exercises, but the best way to do it is to go and walk on uneven ground or tab on uneven ground run on uneven ground so if you look at like a quick if you look at a track athlete a track a track athlete is like your formula one racing car where you're down your mountain runner yeah 
they're like that's like your defender. <laughs> so Lander over here. Yeah, Lander over defender is your mountain runner. <laughs> but if you take a track 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 athlete and put them on a cross country course, you bet your bottom dollar they're gonna go over the ankle. Because they haven't been they haven't trained, they haven't conditioned themselves to run on the uneven surfaces. So again, it's really important. And it's something which I talk about in my sessions is we, we train on uneven ground. We go across uneven ground because over a period of time, it, it builds the strength and resilience in the joints, which is key, key for, for reducing injury. So, yeah, there's like, you know, I could talk all day about fitness. There's, there's, there's lots of components of fitness. People come to me, I don't want to get fit. Great. But that's like saying, going to a, a car show, I want to buy a car. They're like, great, but what, what do you want it for? Do you want a sports car? Do you want a Defender? Do you want a family vehicle? So when you say you want to get fit, what what actually do you mean by that? Do you just want to, you know, oh, I want to be able to play rugby. Okay, great. So we need to work on a bit of strength, a bit of speed. S- strength and speed equals power. power. So that's what we're kind of working on. But, but we, n- we also need to look at other bits and pieces like your agility and your coordination and your balance. But then if someone else might, oh, I just want to get up the stairs without being out of breath. All right, cool. So we, n- we just work on some a bit of strength training for some stability as you're going up the stairs, but we'll also work on some cardiovascular type training. So it all depends on what you want. You're only as fit as what you train for at the end of the day. Um, Like, fitness is a fashion thing now in in the civilian world. And there's so much choice. You can go and do your box size, you've got your um, Tabata sessions, your spin classes, your um, CrossFit. um, And it's all good stuff. You've got to decide what, what's good for you. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit here now and go, oh yeah, what you want to do is watch on fitness all day long, that's the, that's the way forward. No, I, I, I say it's like a mix it up. If you do CrossFit, great. But I wouldn't just do CrossFit every day of the week. You, you're going to probably overtrain and get injured. So How dare you? Mix How it up. How dare you say that about CrossFit? Mix it up. That, that's <laughs> what I say. Every, it's like everything in life, isn't it? Everything in balance. Yeah, everything in moderation. In moderation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So get the moderation, and it isn't just about your, your training. It's your food, your sleep, your mental health. It all—it's like a, I call it the fitness triangle. So you can, like the fire triangle, right? So fire. I'm going to test you now. What do you need for fire? <laughs> fire, air, and uh, oxygen. F- uh, fire, air, and um, fire, oxygen, and fuel. And fuel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heat is what you're looking for. Heat, heat, heat oxygen, oxygen and, and fuel. <laughs> so the fitness triangle it works in, in a similar way. So you have good training, good nutrition, and good sleep and recovery. So, back to the military. Was nutrition looked at when they were looking at this revising? Not revising. Yeah, revising what, uh, reviewing what was needed to change in the physical side. Oh, look at the face he put in. Go on. I'll probably get myself in trouble. Um, You're out now. <laughs> so don't get I, yourself in trouble so I can, I, can I say what I want now um, the thing is uh, the, my opinion on n- nutrition nutrition's key which we know uh, the problem is in my opinion it we're let down by the military and the, with the contractors um, uh, and, uh, and that's the bottom line the contractors are there to well they win the contract so that they they, they they tell, they say what they want, what they want the army to hear. Yeah, we'll produce all this good stuff, and they create all these good boards and PowerPoint presentations, and it all looks great, it all looks mega. But then, what you actually end up with on the hot plate is not exactly what we've probably been led to believe we're going to get. And um, 
again, like my last unit, I worked at the uh, Defence Medical Services and um, I was constantly beating the drum about the nutrition. And it's about, they've gotten, like, for example, here's one thing. So they've got an, an, an monopoly on, they've got a the little shop. And you go in the little shop and it's just, all the offers are chocolate, crisps, Monster Munch, Coke. I remember going there one day, I was like, where's the water? Oh, if you look right down there at the bottom right, there's why is the water down there? Why all oh, can I see in front of me is, is cans of Monster? And uh, essentially what it is, is Monster's owned by Coke. Coke owned the fridges. So Coke say to the, the contractor, right, you can have these fridges for free, but we want all our products at, at eye level because that's what sells. Because they employ psychologists, they know. If it's at eye level itself. So they put all the monster drink, the coke, at eye level, and the water is hidden away. And that's what you're battling against. You're battling against commercial world. That's one side of it, though. So one side is what's been provided. Yeah. And the other side is what's wanted. So, you know, my I know my understanding of nutrition, anything, in fact, anything to do with health, no serving, anything to do with health, physical, mental, dietary health, was very, very poor. Um, very poor, and now it's a little bit different. So, um, is there a part of it? Is there a part of that 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 sort of new system that is nutrition orientated, educating people to eat better? Probably not, actually. I the, think. Well, you've, you've, you, I, th- I think people know what they should be eating. If I'm honest, uh, to a certain degree, I th- like the education is there. The, the, there are um, presentations on healthy in nutrition. There's posters left, right, and centre of this is what you should be eating. This is what you shouldn't be eating. We shouldn't eat as much as this, so we should eat more of that. Um, but the simple fact of the matter is, when you go into the cookhouse and you've got curly fries and chips for 99p, and if you want a jacket potato, you're going to have to wait 20 minutes. And oh, by the way, that isn't included in the meal deal. You've got to pay a bit extra for that. Then it it's one of my bugbears, let's be honest. It's something which I was never happy with, um, and I think we could do a lot better at um, Yeah. That. Yeah, I think the problem with that, the problem with when we talk about diet and nutrition, everyone has their, not everyone, a lot of people have their own opinion on what you should have. Um, and trying to sell that, and people, for, for right and wrong reasons, you know, um, uh, from the, the, the different types of, like, at a high level, different types of diet at a high level from plant-based to flipping, you know, normal diet, rounded diet to bloody fruit-based. Some people, aren't they? Some people are, some people are entirely meat-based, aren't they? Um, whereas I think the, the, you could, we could get a better reaction or better response from like people who don't eat that healthily. And I am like, my missus will tell you, I will preach about, I don't preach about it, but I like you know. I, I I believe a lot in the right nutrition. I know I know what I think you should, how you should be acting and eating and all of that. I don't follow it to the letter of the law myself, right? But if you were to pull it back and instead of saying to people this is what you should be eating, you say these like this is what you shouldn't be eating, like this. And and for me, there's one thing, there's one thing that you could just go stay away from this. There's no argument with it. Sugar. If you just started with that and go, stay the fuck away from sugar, people. Don't go anywhere near sugar. It's literally horrendous. It is horrendous. 
because it is. It's, I don't, I don't know if people realize like if that if I could get everyone to do one thing, it'd be like sugar. No sugar, make it make it illegal, and alcohol as well. And I love alcohol, <laughs> but sugar and alcohol should go to hell. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but you see my point. If it's, you will live down true, this is there's but, no argument here. But, Stay away from this. But, Everything else, do what you want. But Stay I, away from this. That's one thing you, I'm going to disagree on. <laughs> because on. But here's the thing. Um, so, true story. So we went out for a family meal. Now my cousin, hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Right, she's a nutritionist. <laughs> I think it's Tiger. What's her name? <laughs> so she's a nutritionist. However, she's probably the most unhealthy person I've I've ever seen on this planet. She doesn't look healthy. Jesus you know me, Hugh. I just say it how it is. Right. <laughs> so we're in this family meal, and I'm like, look, I'm in calorie deficit because I've done my training for the day. I've I've, I've done. I'm in calorie deficit. I'm like, and I like steak. I'm not going to lie. And I like chips. Explain to people and what you're talking about, calorie deficit, for people who don't know. So what I'm talking about is um, <coughs> people train to burn calories um, because they want to lose weight. Um, but what I'm saying is, I, I'm like, I'm, I know, well, I've, I'm thinking, I'm going to go out for a nice meal today. So in order for me not to feel guilty in that steak and, and, and those chips... I'm going to go and train first. So I've already burnt those calories, which I'm going to eat later on. That's what I mean by calorie deficit. Earning your scoff. Earning, Earning your scoff. scoff, yeah. Earning your scoff. So rather than the other way around. Um, so anyway, I'm having this meal, and uh, I can sort of sense her looking at me as if, like, I can't believe you're eating that, how bad, blah, blah, blah. And then to top it all off, I, the, the dessert menu came around, and I went for a chocolate fudge brownie with cream and, and, and whatever else I don't and um and I was like you're gonna tell me how many calories are in this now aren't you Joe and she was like well I I considering you're into your fitness I'm surprised that you're eating all that I'm like, the thing is yes university nutritional nutritional degree will say that that is bad for you and I can't argue with that but what it doesn't show you is how how good it made me feel <laughs> So psychologically, mentally, it was good for me. So this is the thing. I'm like, I talked about it earlier, everything in moderation, in balance. So if I cut sugar out my diet, I'd probably get depression. Because it, those little things, like, uh, uh, don't get me wrong, I don't eat chocolate fudge cake every day. But as a treat, it, it's mega. It is mega. And so it's like my red wine. I don't drink a bottle of red wine every night. But when I have a glass of red wine, it's brilliant. And so I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a nutritionist, but what, what I am is a realist. And I like to think I'm a realist and I think, look, I, and I don't train like to excess. I don't, I try not to do anything to excess. So I think that's the key. In my opinion, that's the key. I just think if you eat a varied diet in moderation, you won't go far wrong as long as you also train in moderation. So... If, I, if all I did was tab every single day for miles and miles and miles, I'm going to injure myself. I don't do that every day. Um, you've got to be varied. varied. Like, if you look at top athletes, top, top athletes, long-distance winners, by the time they're 60, they all have knee replacements. Cyclists. Everyone says, oh, go cycling, go swimming. It's really good. It's no weight-bearing. But actually what they've discovered now that a lot of cyclists and a lot of swimmers, they don't do anything else. They don't do any and the um, pounding type exercises they're getting osteoporosis I didn't know this yeah when did this when did this stuff come oh it's come out there have a look at it google it what's osteoporosis 
is basically where the brains, uh, the brains, the, the bones start breaking down because the the bones need impact for density. To, to, for density. Mm. Um, it's the same problem. Osteoporosis is what astronauts suffer from as well, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's the same. And so they've done studies now and go, actually, if you do too much of that, it's like you do too much of anything. It's not great for you. So look at Andy Murray. Yeah, he played tennis for a young age, all play, and now he's he's had to have a hip replacement. Oh, for, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So if you just if you concentrate on what I think, I've looked back and I know I'm only forty two, so I'm relatively still young. Uh, in my head, I'm still like twenty, um, and I've I've been quite lucky. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still in fairly good shape Con- considering what I've done. Why am I still in good shape? Is it luck? Is it genetics? Is it this? Is it that? It could be a combination. I think it is probably a combination, but the key. For me, I think it's because I get bored easily. And this is, you go, well, what's he on about now? Mixing it up, you're talking it's about. It's about mixing yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. So I will do something for a while and then get bored. So I love climbing. But I don't climb. I'm not, for, I don't, I'm not fanatical about it. I won't climb constantly <coughs> all the time. Because if you do, a lot of climbers now, uh, if all they do is climb, they end up with um, problems with their fingers, the, the ligaments in their fingers and their joints. Um, I like I like mountain biking, um, but I don't do it all the time. I like running, but I don't. Do, I say I like running. I don't. To be honest, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you like running because you're good at running." I'm like, I don't actually. I, you know, honestly, I don't like running. Why do you run? And I was like, Why do I run? Oh, because I like beating people. <laughs> <laughs> I like racing people, um, but I don't actually enjoy running. But the th- what I'm trying to get at is, I I do lots of different disciplines. And it's kind of kept me, it's kept my body balanced. So I haven't over, I haven't overused something, I think. And that, and that's only, that isn't fact. That's just opinion and, and, and thought process of, I know peers, friends of mine that uh, have, to have hip replacements or knee replacements at the same age as me. And then I look at what they've done and they're like, all they've done is one discipline or one or two disciplines. And so it's a massive overuse. They're, they're, they're doing hundreds of miles in their, pre, in their 20s, 30s. The pounding, the concrete, the tarmac, hundreds and hundreds of miles. Yes, top level runners. Um, but at some point, you've got to, at some point, something's going to give. And so, you, and again, it, it's all about what you want, isn't it? So if you want to be a top-level athlete, be a top-level athlete, but just bear in mind that something's going to give as you go into older age. Someone said to me the other day, I went, Ed, so what are you training for now? And I was like, well, kind of, I'm kind of not. And they're like, what do you mean you're not? And I, I had to think, because I, sometimes I just do stuff without thinking, and I'm like, yeah, what am I training for? And I, I and I haven't got like everyone says you should have a goal, and um, yeah, I think maybe you should have a goal, but I haven't got like I feel like I haven't got anything to prove, so I don't need to go and do I don't know a desert marathon, or I don't have to go and do wolf run. I, f- I feel like I've I've kind of done it in my mind. I've done it. From, I'm, I'm happy. Um, so why so why keep training? Why keep working hard on my fitness and trying to get a healthy lifestyle? And I think what it is, is I want to, if I'm still alive, and there's no guarantees either, but if I'm still alive at 80, I still want to go skiing with my kids. And and that is my goal. That is my long-term goal. So it isn't about 
like the last five years of in the army, I had fitness tests, but nobody was telling me to do them because I was in charge. I was the PTI. I still did them. Why was I doing it? Um, I suppose it was just that sort of professionalism, sort of, I, I want to show that I can still do it. But then internally, it was kind of, I want to keep myself as fit as I can for as long as I can. And I think that's it. I, w I want to still be able to go skiing when I'm in my 80s. Yeah. I went, I went through a period of, when I left, of, like you said, what are you training for? So I didn't, it was the motivation to, it was the motivation to train, like, um, and so I was trying to pick something to, to, to do as a, as a fitness thing that, that I could, that there was levels to succeed in it. So jujitsu, I tried, I say I tried it, I did do it. And then my lifestyle became that I wasn't able to go to the same gym anymore all the time or re even regularly at all. And so I was like, why the fuck, what am I going to do? And I, and I couldn't get motivation to do anything. And then, and so the reason I do, I, I keep fit now, well, two reasons. One is similar to what you just said. I, I want to be mobile when I'm older. And two is mental health. Because I know that if I... T in fact, someone posted it on 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 uh, online uh, earlier this morning and said, and said, basically said, give an example of w why she does what she does. And she said, and one of the things she said was, if she doesn't do... If, for, if she doesn't do any fitness for a few days, her confidence goes down and her anxiety goes up. And I experience exactly the same thing. And as time goes on, it gets worse to the point where my confidence is really impacted, which impacts everything I do. And the anxiety is really impacted. And so that's the other reason, the, the mental health side. But on, the, on that sort of wanting to be mobile and I'm older, well, there's one, one piece of uh, information that I was... I, I don't know, I can't remember how I came across it. It was a few years ago and it really stuck in my mind. And it was to do, it was the stats of basically people when they get older, uh, it was to do with the percentage of people who die within six months of being admitted into a care home, right? Which is something in the region of 60%. This is, I'm not on about pandemic here, folks, by the way, I'm on about just in general, right? 60% or 70% of, of old people who get admitted into a care home, that's the percentage of people who die within six months of going in there. End of life. Goodbye, you're done. And the majority of reasons people get admitted into care homes is because they, they become unable to care for themselves. And what, and what is meant by that is, in, in the practical terms, is if they, this is like, this is often like the, the, the game changer for when the family has to make a decision or oh, what do we do with old grand, granddad fucking granddad Hugh? Oh, well, he fell over again. And um, we can't, and he couldn't get himself back up, and found him, uh, found him flipping, tw you know, twelve hours after he fell over. Well, you've got no choice then, unless you're in a, a position where you can dedicate a lot of time, or you can afford to have a private carer, for example, to come and look after that person. Most people don't have that. So, Grandad Hugh's going into a care home because he can't look after himself. He can't pick himself up. And do you know what? Do you know? This is one of the reasons I fucking walk all the time now as well. Another reason, just because I walk, one, just to get out and about, to clear my head, and two, because I want to keep them like walking, and I run as well. One of the key reasons Grandad Hugh can't pick himself up off the floor and keeps falling over is because he can't catch himself when he trips. It's, you know, as, as basic as it is, because Grandad Hugh's fast, fast sort of twitch muscles and his ligaments and that in his, in his hips and his legs, when he trips, he knows he's tripped. He can't get his leg out in front quick enough to catch himself. Grandad Hugh's falling over again, and Grandad Hugh's in the care home, and Grandad Hugh's got about six months to go because he didn't keep walking. He didn't keep up 
doing fitness. He didn't keep himself healthy. He didn't go out when he was forty. He didn't take that decision to go. I'm going to be more. I'm going to be more active. I never go out anymore. I'm going to go out for a walk. When he was fucking thirty years old, forty years old, fifty years old, sixty years old, and now, granddad, he's in the care home. He's going to die. Exactly. There's a lesson, kids. Woo! That is. <laughs> and I haven't got time to come and visit you in your care home. <laughs> so keep walking. Jenna, mate, that is Jenna. That when, oh, I heard, when I heard that stat, yeah. it's like, uh, who the fuck broke it down? There's they broke it right down from people going in and then it's tripping over. Go on. There's, a, there's another couple of different, similar stats. Um, off the top of my head, uh, again, don't quote me on the actual numbers. But I'm going to quote you. I'm going to quote you. Exactly. Never quote me. Um, <laughs> never quote me and I, and I never make promises. But <laughs> the, because uh, this is one of the things, as a PTI, I used to get people come up to me and go, well, it doesn't mean you're going to live longer. Right? I think it does. Well, <laughs> you mean, you might be right. You might be right. But this is the thing. What they, there was a, I read this, you know, I said I don't read much, but I did read this paper. It was in America. But what they worked out was that people, they did a study and they went, right, people that train regularly, people that don't train regularly. And they looked at the, um, the age that they died on average. Um, and it wasn't much different. And it was a bit like, oh, why? I thought, because I was like, oh, people that train, they're going to live longer. Actually, there wasn't much difference. There wasn't much difference. But here's the thing. Where the difference was, was the people that train, on average, they only needed medical attention within the last 18 months of their life. The people that didn't train needed medical attention for the last 20 years of their life. So then you look at it and go, right, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. So it's, again, it's just like, what do you want? And, and I know for me, I'm like, as you said there, I, I want the quality of life. I want to be able to keep mobile, not be put in that care home, or not have to have somebody having to wipe my ass for me for the last X amount of years. And... And, and, that, and the other one is, um, as we we know, as you as you get older, by the time you've, I think it's, I might be wrong. I think it's when over the age of thirty, you might have been a bit younger. You 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 lose more muscle than than you, if you did nothing. You're losing more, or you more um, cells are dying than you're actually creating. Um, and so by the time you're 75, they reckon you've lost, the average person has lost about 25% of their muscle mass by the time you're 75. If you don't do anything? Or just generally? Uh, uh, everyone. Okay. But obviously, the, if you can carry on doing strength training well into your, into your 70s, okay, you're not going to be bench pressing what you were when you're, in your, when, you're, when you're 20. But if you keep doing strength training, then you've got more muscle you can afford to lose. And denser bones, and less likely bones. to break, healthier heart. Yeah, so it's, it's everything, isn't it? So, yeah, like obviously, I'm sold on. I was a PTI for a long period of time, hence why um, I kind of, I accidentally fell into the PTI role. You know that, don't you? It wasn't. I didn't join the army because I want to be a PTI. I joined the army because I want to be a paratrooper. And then it was only what was it? It was foot and mouth, I think, that steered me into the uh, oh, yeah. PTI world because I was supposed to go on the Pathfinder course. That got cancelled because of foot and mouth. And I got offered the PTI course. So it's purely down to foot and mouth where I became a PTI. Look where you are now. Right, <laughs> we, need to, we, need to, um, we need to wrap it up. Um, 
enjoyed that chat. Really enjoyed it. But how do people get hold of Warrior Strong Fitness? So you can um, you can get hold of me through. I've got a website www.warriorstrongfitness.co.uk. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, I am on LinkedIn. Although uh, I need to get on that a little bit more. But um, do what works, mate. Do what works. Do what works. Yeah. Do what works. Mega. So email me, phone me, come along to a session. Everyone's welcome. Mega. But uh, can I just say thanks for inviting me today, Hugh. My pleasure. Much appreciate My pleasure. Yeah, no, really enjoyed the chat, mate. Really enjoyed the chat. I, I love talking about health and f- fitness and diet and um, and all of it because uh, y- you can never know enough. You can never know enough. And also importantly, it helps me form my opinions because which is ever changing. You know, the more knowledge you're exposed to, the more opinions you can form. And and if and especially on the, the around the mental health, the physical health, the nutrition bit. If I feel like I'm well informed, generally, then I feel like whatever my opinion is at that point. At least it's not crap. I'm not basing it on a Daily Mail article. Do you know what I mean? Or some flipping tree I go at the end of the road, you know, calling me an animal killer or whatever. Random. <laughs> Going with that one, mate. Uh, mate. Rory is strong fitness. Perfect. Mate, been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. That is it. Thank you for listening to the HR Podcast. Sponsoring the podcast today, we're Combat Cigars. Combat Cigars is the first British military veteran-owned cigar company, and it is a fucking cool one. Get onto the website, combatcigars.co.uk, and pick up one of the three blends. Uh, last post, the last post, you got the victory, and you got the Oath of Allegiance. I had a brain fart then. And the reason I stumbled before I started listing them off is because I know that one of them's out of stock. It just rapidly sold out. So get on, have a look, get your cigars in. When you think about getting a cigar for any event we're doing, whatever it's going to be, military event, wedding, flipping, whatever it is you're going to go, and you think, ah, oh, it'd be good to get a cigar for that, think it'd be good to get a combat cigar for that. Also sponsoring the podcast today were the Development Society, a community of like-minded dudes who want the best for each other. They enjoy fizz, they care about others, and they want to improve themselves on a daily basis. You can be part of the DevSoc community. Go to the website devsoc.shop for the Development Society, sign up for their Daily Waves newsletter, it's free, Um, and also check out the shop. Go in there, have a look at the cool stuff they've got. From Insanely cool products in the shop to weekly Zoom yoga sessions and other stuff you can get involved with just be, be part of the community. I highly recommend it. Devsock.shop. Also sponsoring the podcast today with the Aardvark Group who provide advanced systems for the protection and management of territories, borders, assets and people for a global customer base. They operate all over the world in the humanitarian, critical defence, security and commercial sectors and they have got a shop where you can get a discount in with the discount code HHOUR. If you work in a post-conflict zone, if you work in hostile environments, if you work in a dodgy, dodgy environment or dodgy kind of job role where you need critical on the man, on the woman kit, go to the Aardvark shop. You might be able to get something there for yourself. For example, a trauma pack. Trauma packs, a variety of kit and equipment. Discount code is HHOUR, exclusively for you, HR listener, and the website is aardvark.group. Thank you. Finally, shout out to all my patrons, legends. You can become a HR patron, get access to all of the podcasts before anyone else. Exclusive in- invites to events, uh, free shit, free giveaways every month, and 
access to some pretty cool little uh, communities and platforms. Patreon.com forward slash HK Podcasts. That's it. Until next time. Out. <laughs>